everyone has a personal brand. And it's the way that you dress. It's the way that you talk. It's the way that you put yourself out there whenever you post something or whether you don't. It's how you carry yourself. It's how you engage with others. It's the kind of passion and time that you put into certain areas of your life really speak to your value system. Welcome to the Ladies Who Lead podcast. This is a community of women supporting women. Tune in every other Thursday to hear from SK Vaughn as she catches up with ordinary ladies doing extraordinary things. We will cover topics like diversity and inclusion, gender pay gap, thought leadership, and respect in the workplace. We want to celebrate with you and hear stories of success and hard lessons learned. Whether you are a lady who leads in the boardroom or a lady who leads in your community, this is the place for you. Let's do this. All right. I'm so excited to be joining you solo this week on the Ladies Who Lead podcast. I always kick it off with how are you surviving and thriving this week? So in true fashion, I am going to share that. So surviving. All right. I am... Surviving kind of the Halloween blues. I know that sounds kind of silly, but I always get so pumped up about holidays. Like I am very much a seasonal person. If you haven't figured that out by now, I love seasons. And I feel like it's just beautiful when you start to see a new season take shape and leaves beginning to fall and all the good things that come from just the coziness of the fall season. It's actually one of my favorites. And so in a big way, I did all the decorations. And anyway, I'm feeling a little bit bummed today because it's all said and done. The trick-or-treaters have come, uh, taken all the candy, and it's kind of a surviving all. Well, that was fun. Maybe next year will be even more fun. I'm thriving in this idea of really kind of starting this membership group with the ladies who lead and excited about the new bonus episode. It's just giving me new life. It's really kind of taking a behind the scenes approach to the making of the podcast and kind of all the ways to not do it. (laughs) I'm being completely honest in ways to do it. So it's a really great crash course if you're very interested in starting a podcast or just wanting to understand how much it takes to actually build one. I'm just kind of thriving in what the possibilities of that membership could be. And also giving a little shameless plug here, but I'm really just very excited about it. And you know, every other month we're switching up the content. So this month we're discussing the making of the podcast and kind of getting started. And then next month, we'll definitely be diving into our open letter series where you as a listener can write a submission anonymously if you'd like. And it's about a season in life where you were really surviving and maybe you've come out the other side of it and you just see it for what it was and want to inspire someone and give them some encouragement and hope. Or maybe you're just very much in that season right now and looking to find kind of that thriving moment, that peak, right, in your story because it's still being written. But everyone has a story and yours deserves to be shared. And so I'm just really thriving in this new and exciting opportunity with the podcast. So shameless plug, but something worth definitely looking into if you haven't yet. And of course, it's linked in the show notes, but that's how I'm surviving and thriving this week. So today we're really going to jump into what it means to preserve authenticity. And that really means showing up as yourself, right? And taking off that mask and feeling empowered to really lean in, even when it feels uncomfortable, 
for me a lot of the time, if I'm being honest. Navigating your personal brand in that 24-7 world that we live in as a private person. Because if you're anything like me, you want to share some things, but not everything, but you still want to be authentic. So it feels kind of like this teeter-totter in a way of, of how should I show up? How should I lean in and truly be myself? But also the pressure you can feel, right? From having to constantly be on 24-7. And truly, that's just not the way the world works. Like you've got to have rest. You've got to have breaks. And also, you probably don't want to share everything. If you're like me, I'm, I'm pretty private, actually. Only a core group of people really know what's going on in my crazy head or what I have going on and, and what I think about it. And it's for a reason, just because I'm very private and don't really like to share too, too much until now on the podcast. But this is kind of my platform where I feel comfortable in sharing some things. We'll be diving into what that really looks like from a personal brand perspective and, and kind of feeling that that pressure or burden or expectation to show up consistently can be kind of draining. And so I want to tell you, it's okay. You don't have to. And here's how we're going to break it down for you. In today's hyper-connected world, personal branding has become so, so important to your professional success. However, navigating the expectation to be on 24-7 can be really challenging and just debilitating, especially if you're a private person. And I think it's important to understand your values and your boundaries. And so we're going to really explore what it means to maintain that authenticity and build your personal brand that aligns with your values while still reflecting on your needs for privacy. Let's get into it. So first, understanding your values and goals. I feel like this one sounds kind of cliche or like, okay, SK, we get it. But before you really start building out your personal brand, I think it's important to have some time to reflect on what you value most, where you're trying to go, and the image you want to project. Because not every piece of content is worth putting out there if it doesn't really align with those three areas of your life. And funny enough, I recently had this, you know, concern about posting my Halloween post, which I know sounds silly. It's Halloween. You should go for it. But my picture was a little bit different and is a little bit outside of the box of my personal brand. And I was talking to a friend about this and I was just like, I just don't know if this is just not with my brand. And she like looked at me and she's like, wow, you're really overthinking this. And I'm like, well, I'm also a marketer. So there's that I overthink most things that people don't when it comes to branding and marketing. But for me, you know, I felt like it wasn't a wholesome picture. You know, I wasn't, there wasn't a pretty sunset behind me and a cute little outfit on something encouraging in the caption. And it was just more of always the villain being Cruella de Vil for Halloween. But I was reminded in that conversation, in that moment, that it's okay to step outside of the box if it aligns with your values. And I think it's okay to have fun. And of course, people are going to assume what they want to assume, but it was a it's not a sexy picture, really. It's just my face being ridiculous while holding a fake Cruella DeVille SIG, right? So it was like all in good fun. But of course, me being me, I'm overanalyzing it and questioning, should this be on my feed? And, you know, I'm still, there's still a lot of internal debate going on in my head about this, but I'm going to embrace it and have fun with it because it's Halloween and it's about, it's all about having fun, being in character, having a good time. And I think it's okay to have some posts that still align with who you are as a person, but maybe isn't your typical post. 
But understanding, you know, and defining what success means to you and identify the aspects of your personal and professional life is so important and understanding what you're willing and unwilling to share. Another example of like my values is, you know, honesty and integrity. Kindness are some of the values that I hold really dear. I also love some confidence, man. I think nothing is more attractive than some confidence and some ambition. Let me just tell you. And I think that you'll find that throughout, sprinkled throughout kind of how I carry myself and who I am as a person. But those are some of the things that I really love and value most. And I'm telling you, Justin Vaughn, my husband, he's very confident and I find it to be very attractive. There's moments where I'm like, okay, Justin, but <laughs> I also just really love how he shows up and steps to the plate and, and speaks from a place of, I think, true love and appreciation for others, but still feels very confident to hold his own. And I have a lot of respect for that. With that being said, you know, really understanding yourself and the boundaries for yourself are crucial in establishing an authentic personal brand that really aligns with who you truly are. But I think that's so important. And regardless of what you realize you are, you're, you have a personal brand, you know, that's something to, to really lean into. Regardless, if you realize that you may not have a full online presence, but everyone has a personal brand. And it's the way that you dress. It's the way that you talk. It's the way that you put yourself out there whenever you post something or whether you don't. It's how you carry yourself. It's how you engage with others. It's the kind of passion and time that you put into certain areas of your life really speak to your value system. And I think it's kind of primal in a way because people tend to gravitate towards people who are similar to them. I think you have to make a conscious effort to do the opposite of that and to really remain open-minded. But you'll find on social that similar friend groups, similar people post and look similarly. And that's interesting to me. I think it's very primal and goes back to kind of the archaic days of, you know, the, the tribal groups. And, you know, if you look like us, sound like us, you're kind of with us. If you don't, you're considered kind of an outsider. And so I think it's interesting with personal brand. It's kind of similar, whether you see it yet or not. You have symbols that you wear every single day that project an image of who you are. And certain people really gravitate towards that and certain people don't. Not wrong or right. It's just the the truth of the matter. And I think that's something to be mindful of as you're continuing to put yourself out there in any kind of way. Another value of mine, like I mentioned, is ambition and hard work. And I'll never forget, I was interviewing for a position. I did get it. And I'll never forget this influential leader at this organization in our interview said, SK, I'm just going to stop you here. I think your greatest strength is your ambition, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It really kind of scares me, basically. (laughs) And I think it's going to be your greatest weakness is your ambition. And I just want to go ahead and put that out there and let you know that. There are so many red flags. I'll just go ahead and say that throughout the interview process as well as later on into that particular position. But I was just thinking, wow, Ambition is clearly not valued here. And only a select few actually can have that ambition. And so it was very interesting conversation. And you'll find that this podcast is a form of expression throughout some of some, some similar experiences that I've had. 
And if you received a branded gift box from the ladies who lead, you'll notice on the inside of that flap, it says ambition looks good on you. It's just kind of my fun, cheeky way of saying it's okay to lean into some areas of your life that other leaders may not feel comfortable with. Of course, you know, not to get gender specific, but it it was a group of men that I was interviewing with. And that was said, I have a strong belief that if it was another man being interviewed, that probably wouldn't have come up. But it was a very interesting, nonetheless, moment in my life that just reminds me of it's okay to stay true to who you are and to lean into your values. Another one is for me is celebrating others. And so it was just a funny kind of nod to saying, okay, well, if that's what you think, fine, I'm still going to be me, right? (laughs) And ultimately, you find where you fit and where you don't. And that's okay. There's plenty of other doors to walk through. So that's understanding your values and your goals and and who you're trying to be and what you're trying to put out there. I think knowing that up front is going to save you a lot of effort in the long run. Number two is really curating your online presence. So since personal branding is often associated with an online presence, you know, consider curating your own digital footprint to really reflect your intended brand image. So really choosing the social media platforms that align with your goals and focus on creating meaningful and purposeful content is kind of the key here. So for me, you know, personally, I am on LinkedIn. I share more marketing specific articles and industry related articles there. On Instagram, I also have my own personal Instagram, but the the ladies who lead is really kind of the hub is on Instagram, right? We do have a Facebook group. So hey, shameless plug, if you haven't hopped to our Facebook group yet, not group, sorry, Facebook page, you should, but it's not my main focus, right? My Instagram account for that is kind of where I lean into more of the types of people I'm trying to reach. And I think it's okay to know where you want to grow and where you want to be based off of, you know, the type of influence or the type of personal brand you're wanting to put out there. But even thinking about your channel and creating that online presence also Having a little system in place where you don't feel like it's running you, you're running your personal brand. And so this can look like a lot of different things. You can share like-minded articles, books that you're reading, a podcast episode that you really enjoyed, maybe industry-specific articles, uh, power quotes from people that you really value, key takeaways from a recent lunch and learn that you may have attended, or, you know, if there was a curriculum-based educational type meeting that you had recently. If you're in the medical profession, I'm just thinking of different people outside of just business-related, like a CEU, I think is what they're called. I mean, there's some key takeaways that you probably could share online. I don't know if if it's taboo to share those or take a picture with the group after you've attended one of those and just say such a great time learning with this group of people. These are just a couple of examples of ways you can show up authentically and it doesn't feel forced. Just finding opportunities to share your story and what you're doing out in the world to make a difference, I think is key here. I think at least trying to have a system in place, whether you're going to try to post once a week on your LinkedIn profile, then do that. Because I think that you should have a LinkedIn profile no matter what industry you're in. Because again, when people Google you, are they what are they seeing? You know, if you want to show up as a professional, I think LinkedIn is kind of your best first step and really filling it out and posting industry specific content is going to be helpful for you there. 
but making sure that you're being selective about the purposeful content that you're putting out there. Make sure that it's going to resonate with your values and maintaining your privacy too. So making sure that you're not necessarily posting in the moment. Uh, I follow, I'm not an influencer, obviously, but I do follow a lot of influencers and one in particular recently, like I love, okay, I love antiques and influencers that go out there and source antiques and bring them back and sell them. I think it's really interesting niche or niche, however you say that word. But she recently, I guess, was doing like a in real time posting about her latest, you know, antique haul where she would go to a different location. She would travel to these different, you know, places and bring back the halls. Someone actually met her there. And it was apparently a very creepy, unwelcomed experience where she felt really uncomfortable and, you know, is no longer posting in real time on her stories or on her social. And so I just say all of that, if you are a private person, and even if you're not, I just want to encourage you to probably not post in real time if you can help it. And I'm, I can be kind of bad about this, but, you know, you just, I'd post a day after, you know, like recap of something that you did because you just don't want a surprise person to show up or even for your home to be unoccupied and people know that. So just be mindful about what you're putting out there and and how you're putting it out there to protect your privacy and, and yourself. Hey there, coffee lovers. Are you ready to elevate your morning routine? Well, look no further than the Bava Java Coffee Variety Box. Inside this box, you will find an assortment of hand-selected specialty coffee beans from different regions, carefully chosen for their flavor notes and profiles. From the bold and robust smooth and mellow. Every sip delivers a taste that will leave you craving more. So whether you're an espresso connoisseur, a latte lover, a coffee enthusiast, or just trying to jumpstart your morning, Bava Java Coffee has something for you. This variety box provides a month's worth of coffee. It also makes for the perfect gift for that person in your life who is hard to buy for this holiday season. Ready to elevate your coffee experience? Head over to bavajavacoffee.com and use the code SK20 for an exclusive 20% off your variety box. So establishing boundaries, being a private person doesn't mean you can't engage with others and share aspects of your life. I think it's just knowing what you're comfortable with. So set clear boundaries about what you're comfortable discussing or showcasing publicly Decide the topics you're willing to address and create guidelines for yourself regarding personal information you wish to keep private. I think that's really important. Communicate these boundaries assertively and respectfully, both in your online interactions and offline discussions with like family or friends. So, for example, some people don't want their kids' faces posted on social media. I think family members have to respect those boundaries and have to not push the envelope and publishing content if the parent doesn't want their child's photo out there. You know, that's one that's come up in different conversations I've had with friends and family. Not to get too specific, but a recent friend posted some really hard truths about labor. And I think there's like a video of them actually giving birth. And hey, if that's your bag, go for it. But for me, I just personally don't think I could put that out there just because I'm really private and Y'all might get like a hand picture of my child or something if I ever have one and it happens, but you you certainly won't get the full, the full, you know, story of that. 
but you know, it's kind of to everyone's comfort level and what they want to put out there. And if that resonates with your value system and you want to put that out there, Hey girl, go for it. Not judging, not putting it down. I think everyone just has different boundaries and that's okay. And that's all I'm trying to communicate here. And and I hope that you hear that is everyone's got a different set of boundaries and what they feel like they want to really put out there for the rest of the world to see and hear. And I think that's a great thing. So being selective with social media, it can be a powerful tool for personal branding, but it can also be overwhelming and invasive. So choose platforms that align with your personal and professional objectives and limit your usage to what you feel comfortable with. Focus on quality over quantity and curating that meaningful and thoughtful content rather than constantly sharing updates about your daily life. So I think just choosing which platform to be on, choosing how often you want to show up online, because for me, I feel the pressure, not going to lie, about posting daily on stories. I work in marketing, so I'm telling all these people to do these things. But at the end of the day, it's pretty uncomfortable. Like I am not a big, like I think it took me like what, a year or two to finally show up on stories and show my face and put myself out there a little bit more because I feel a little bit uncomfortable with that. Like it's hard to hear yourself and see yourself on camera trying to communicate a point. And so maybe TikTok's not for me if that's something that I have whatever issue I have with it or complex I have with it. But picking and choosing how you want to show up and being selective is also going to save space for you to actually live in the moment. And in this 24-7 world, media cycle, news cycle, social media, algorithms, you know, it can feel really exhausting. And so I want to encourage you, like, pick your frequency. If you want to post once a week, post once a week, but post consistently once a week and have some really quality content versus just quantity. I think that's where we get kind of in this um, consumerism world of like, let's just mass produce content. Well, if it's not going to resonate, first off, your followers are going to really tell you and their inability to want to like it or comment on it. I think just understanding from yourself how you want to be selective, how you want to show up and how frequently you want to do it. And, you know, I don't really encourage any client actually to post on all social platforms. I tell them like based off of your audience, based off how you're trying to grow, like this, this is the one or two social channels I would encourage you to be on. And here's how often you should be posting. Usually it's from three to five times per week, if I'm being honest, which I know sounds like a lot of in-feed posting. Stories should be daily. Again, something that's going to help you move forward and show up as a thought leader. It's important to save space and to, to talk through those things, but also just understanding that you're a human being and maybe you don't want to be on 24-7 and that's okay. I think at least posting once a week is helpful. It's a good starting point, right? It's better than not showing up at all. Embrace offline branding opportunities. So what I mean by this is, while it's important to have that online presence, Remember that personal branding is not strictly limited to the digital world. So it's all about relationships, right? All about taking time to personally engage with people. And there's a couple of different ways you could do that. That could be through public speaking. That could be attending industry events. That could be, you know, contributing to relevant publications and writing an op-ed. That could look like 
participating in networking opportunities or activities that allow you to get really plugged in and connected to your community of, of people, as well as people that are industry related. And just really connecting with others on a personal level is all while maintaining a desired level of privacy, I think is key here because I think relationships are never going to go out of style. It's never going to not be the thing. Yes, you should be posting online, but to me, missing out on these key moments to shake hands with people and to lock eyes with them and have meaningful conversation is always going to be the way that you can continue to set yourself apart and build your network of people and It's just a great way just to get plugged in. But those are a couple of things. Also, you know, guest podcasting is a thing nowadays. So jumping on podcasts that are industry specific is another great way to show thought leadership and continuing to reach new people. So, you know, just a couple of ideas there on how you can continue to put yourself out there. But, you know, obviously do things in moderation. I'm not saying stop what you're doing right now and do all of these things and go like (laughs) that's not what I'm saying. But, you know, carve out time, carve out space and really figure out out of these things what is going to be most important to you or most realistic for you to do. And maybe set some goals like if you want to be a guest on a podcast, like there are plenty of opportunities and plenty of podcasts to reach out to and pitch to to get on their podcast. And there's also agencies that will do it for you. So if you're like, SK, I really am very passionate about candy making. I'm just making up something at this point. There's a podcast for you. And there's an agency that will help you get connected to those podcasts that are all about sweet treats and the culinary world. And I don't know, there's something for you, I promise. So just really think long and hard about who you are, what you're about and what sets you apart. And and what you really want to focus on in terms of like the subject matter expert that you need to be, depending on your industry, or even if you just enjoy it on the side, having a combination of the two is going to be important. Last but not least, focusing on quality, not quantity. Instead of seeking constant visibility, focus on building a personal brand based on quality and authenticity. So concentrate on creating valuable content that reflects your expertise and interest really emphasizing the impact you make rather than the number of followers or likes you accumulate. In the marketing world, we call these vanity metrics, which are your followers and your likes, which is good to have. It feels good, right? It looks good. It looks like you've got, you kind of know what you're doing. But at the end of the day, I think this is my personal belief that it's better to have seven followers who always like the post, who are commenting on it, Because that small group of people, though, your engagement rates, what, 100%, if they're doing that, like they're bought in. They're not just people who are trying to win a giveaway. They're not just people who haven't actually connected with what you're trying to communicate or say. These are people who are like loyal. And to me, that is the very foundational aspect of growing and finding people who really connect and resonate with what you're trying to do. And to me, that's the secret sauce. Yes, it looks great to have millions of followers. And I think some of us really would love that. But it's not the end all be all is what I'm trying to say. I think consistently showing up will get you there. But it's going to take time. Like with anything, it's not going to be overnight success. And trust me, I'm telling this to myself too in this moment, because (laughs) there are moments where I'm just like, oh, why can't this be this? Or why can't this happen this way? And it's just, you know, patience and taking the time to lay the groundwork and building and, you know, baby steps. That's going to take time and intentionality. 
And so I just want to encourage you to really think about quality versus quantity. A couple of examples I want to talk about. I had a client a couple months ago and they're like, our advisor makes $500,000 a year. Why should they have a website? And I'm just sitting here. I'm like, why should they not have a website, right? Being online allows you to show up as the expert. It allows you to look credible, right? People who can't find you in this digital age, it starts to raise some red flags because it's like, why aren't they showing up talking about either what they're passionate about, really good at, or leading the charge in? And if you aren't showing up in those ways and people are actively looking to work with you, And again, this may not be healthcare specific, but maybe it is, maybe it's not. I'm sure word of mouth is pretty much kind of a helpful tool there. Uh, For a service-based business or even a product business, it is your first impression, right? Is having that website. You can't afford not to. The pandemic really showed us that brick and mortars, they're not here today and going to stay for the rest of eternity. I think that you're going to find it slowly it becomes not as big of an issue or a thing. People are going to be purchasing online and making service decisions and purchases online. You can't afford to not have a website. And that person looked at me and I was like, I don't even, if I, if I have to explain this to you, we're, we are so past where we need to be in this conversation for you to see the value of what we're doing for you. Because it's the first impression. It's almost like, you know, when you're, saying you're like doing online dating, right? Which is the norm. Like I have so many friends who've been married off of dating apps at this point. You know, it's when you see that profile, you're able to dig deeper and see who that person is with their pictures and their bio. And it immediately brings you in and captivates you or it does not, right? And so it kind of helps you engage if you want to take that next step and swipe right with someone. It's the same thing in the business setting of building that personal brand. If you're not out there, people aren't going to find you, right? And they're not going to even have a chance to swipe right in the business world or personally, but I'm not giving dating advice, I promise. But anyway, for your personal brand, you should be online and your website is kind of that first impression before someone wants to pick up the phone and call you or even submit a form fill or form submission. So Again, showing up, showing up consistently and being found is kind of the best way to generate new business, to help you grow professionally and build your network. But also, you know, it's a great way to also make some meaningful relationships that are personal. Like there are so many women who've come on this podcast and I'm like, I consider them a friend now, which I know hopefully they consider me one too. Who knows? But I really genuinely connect with the women who I've interviewed so far. And if they, if they needed something, I would be there. To me, that goes beyond any kind of ambition, any kind of personal goal or any kind of personal branding. Like I just love people and love connecting with them and hearing their story. And to me, it just completely makes sense for who I am and what I'm about. And so I just want to encourage you as you're thinking through your personal brand. It's not too late. First off, you can start showing up today. Now, I'm not saying do all the things today and scrap everything else, but just start doing the little things, right? Start slowly seeing how your personal brand can continue to make an impact in the people in the world around you. Maybe you don't want to do a LinkedIn profile. I think you should. Maybe you don't. That's kind of your first step, in my opinion. 
but just start thinking about the signals and the images that you're projecting as yourself. Do they align with who you are as a person personally? Because even if you're not into this at this point in the podcast about, okay, SK, well, professionally, I'm fine, like whatever. But personally, like, do you feel like your personal brand image is being portrayed how you really want it to be portrayed? And that means, you know, engaging with others on social too. Like, I just love pouring into people and encouraging them. Even if I think it's the, the maybe the strangest post or the most interesting post, I usually still try to champion people in their pursuit to post things because it takes courage to put yourself out there. It's not easy. And I think all of us could use a little bit of encouragement today. All that to say, building a personal brand in a world that encourages constant online presence can be a challenge. Maybe turn off your phone at a certain time during the day, only have a window of time that you are online. But especially for private individuals who value personal boundaries, I see you. It is possible to navigate your personal brand while still maintaining your privacy and authenticity. I want you to hear that. You can still be private and still show up. By understanding your values and your goals, curating your online presence, establishing boundaries, being selective, embracing offline branding, focusing on quality over quantity, you can build a personal brand that truly reflects who you are while still achieving professional and personal success on your own terms. Remember, Personal branding is about showcasing your unique strengths and expertise, and you should never compromise your privacy or authenticity in this process. Thanks again for listening in. I am encouraged and excited about the future of Lazy Lead Podcast, and I hope you are too. Please continue to write us a review, comment, follow, share with friends. If an episode really resonates with you, hey, share it on your stories and we will reshare it. We want your feedback. I know I do. And I want to make this something that continues to grow with you. Thank you for your time today. And until next time, I'm SK. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ladies Who Lead podcast. Looking for another way to engage with the Ladies Who Lead podcast? Check out our Instagrams and our show notes at the Ladies Who Lead. And don't forget to check out our website www.thelazywholead.com. Until next time, I'm SK Vaughn.